Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Things That Charlie Did, Chapter 30. His heart raced faster than it had when only moments earlier he was trying to find out who was knocking on the door. Maria didn't move. She continued to stand at the far end of the hallway. She was just as surprised as Charlie, or so it seemed. There was no way she had just happened upon them, though. Maria? asked Charlie. She didn't answer. She only started to move towards the two men where they sat. Charlie didn't know whether to scream at her or run to hug her. Carlos was looking on suspiciously at the pretty young woman approaching them in the hallway. You know her? asked Carlos. Carlos, meet the mysterious Maria, said Charlie sarcastically and loud enough for Maria to hear. Please don't be that way, Charlie, said Maria in a hushed tone of voice. She had picked up on his sarcasm. This really isn't the place to talk. Please follow me. Quickly, she said. Hurry, please. Now she motioned for them to follow. Charlie looked at Carlos, who simply shrugged his shoulders as if to say, what would it hurt? Charlie was up first and helped Carlos to his feet. Maria was still beckoning for them to follow. They did. She led them down the stairs at the end of the hallway, opting not to wait for the elevator for the short trip from the second to the first floor. Nothing was said, but Charlie could smell the familiar perfume that Maria always wore. She kept a fair distance in front of them and walked at a quick pace. So quick, in fact, that Charlie wondered about Carlos' condition. Even though he was hanging in there, a blow that forceful to the head could have complications. A concussion was even likely. They followed Maria quickly through the lobby where it was very doubtful that anyone even noticed them due to the early hour. The night clerk was absent from the front desk. They followed Maria through the double glass doors of the Holiday Inn's entrance. Her pace quickened once they had made it to the heavy, humid air of the parking lot. She was almost at a trot as she finally reached the side door of a solid white cargo van. It was obviously unlocked because she quickly opened it and jumped in. Carlos was helped up by Charlie, then he followed. The van was empty, but the smell of flowers was apparent. Small amounts of potting soil, some dead brown leaves, and several wilted flowers were randomly scattered on the floor of the van. Charlie made a mental note that it must be the van of a florist. Once inside, Maria sat on the van's bare steel floor opposite the side of the door. Charlie and Carlos followed her lead, but not before Charlie had shut the door behind him. Maria's familiar perfume filled the air, Charlie's eyes immediately locked on hers. Her beautiful, deep brown eyes seemed to sparkle even in the low light of the hotel parking lot. She wore no makeup. She didn't need it. Jeans, white tennis shoes, and a white t-shirt. 
A thin gold chain was clinging to her neck, which was beginning to ever so slightly sweat from the humidity. Her long black hair was loosely gathered by a pearl comb in the shape of an eagle at the very top of her back. She was beautiful. Charlie's voice cracked slightly as he tried to maintain his composure. What is this all about, Maria? She didn't answer. She brought her hands to her face. She was fighting emotion. She was able to answer after a few moments, though. Her hands returned neatly and relaxed to her lap. Who did you say your friend was? She asked. Carlos, said Charlie. Can't help but think, how dare her have such a suspicious feel to her question after what she had done? She gave Carlos sort of a half-hearted smile, then continued, I only have a short time. This is going to have to be quick. I heard you were here looking for me, Charlie. The squirrel, he asked. Who, she said. Our little mortician friend from Cuidad Norte. The creep was working for the Santiago's all the time, wasn't he? Yes, unfortunately, but that's not how I found out. How then, asked Charlie. What difference does it make, she said. Just curious, I guess. Charlie's sarcastic sort of tone remained. We have friends at the embassy and... Maria started, but Charlie quickly cut her off. Who's we? I know you know when I'm speaking the word we, whom I'm speaking of, she said. How could you, Maria? People have died trying to stand up to those morons. How could you? The answers are not that simple, she said. I've told you all along how dangerous and well-connected these people are. Have they threatened you? asked Charlie. Are you being forced into marrying this idiot? If I don't, things will get really bad in Cuidad Norte and San Miguel. The Santiago's barely escaped what we did to them with their freedom. They've managed to keep their fortune intact, Charlie. Soon, they're even talking about moving back to the estate in Mexico. They want revenge. They're using you as a human shield, said Charlie. Once back, they'll have everyone following their old ways. And if they don't, well, your life is in danger, isn't it, Maria? Yes, but there's more, she said. Charlie, I want to tell you this. I want you to believe me, please. I hate these people as much as you do. They have promised me to leave the library alone and to stop using the teenagers to carry their drugs if I will marry Philip. This is why I'm doing this. It's not him that I love. It is you, Charlie. Relief was the first emotion he felt, but that quickly turned to anger when he further realized the position Maria had been put in. Her admission required a response, and he told her he loved her too. There wasn't time to linger in some sort of touchy-feely moment, though. That wasn't the time or place. What do we do now? He asked out loud. This is the way things are, Charlie. Maria's eyes welled up with tears. No, I won't accept this. It's not right, Maria. 
You can't marry someone you don't love and be forced into a situation like this. No, Charlie was shaking his head back and forth. I'm not going to let this happen. You know, well, the Santiago's are capable of murder, Charlie. It's easy for them to kill again. I have to continue on with this crap in order to keep everyone safe. Charlie, my mother and father would be next. No, this has to end now, said Charlie. Charlie, I have to go now. Maria's voice sounded as if her heart had been broken, and it had. Her strength amazed him. Her willingness to put others in front of herself was incredible. I'm not going to let you do this, Maria. No. I'm going to be missed if I'm out any longer, she said. Please, don't let my last memories of you be of you in anger. She leaned forward from her spot in the van and touched his cheek with her delicate hand. Go, Charlie. There were no tears now. She made up her mind. He doubted there was anything he could say to change it. Charlie motioned for Carlos and they scooted out of the van. Maria followed. She quietly shut the sliding door on the side of the van where the sign saying Bonita Flora could now be seen. She quickly removed the keys from her pocket without looking back, ran to the other side of the van, jumped in and started it. They stood only inches away as the van started to roll forward, gradually picking up speed until it made it to the driveway. Suddenly the van stopped. Red taillights gave an eerie sort of glow to the parking lot. Both Charlie and Carlos stood there waiting for Maria to leave, but she didn't. No cars were coming in either direction due to the early hour, but still Maria kept the van in park there in the parking lot. Something wrong, asked Carlos. Charlie was a little puzzled too. She seemed so determined to follow through with what she had so sternly stated in the back of the van. Without saying anything, both men approached the van where it now sat. Its engine quietly hummed. Carlos stayed a few feet back, allowing Charlie to go to the driver's side window. He found Maria there with her face in her hands. She'd managed to keep that tough wall up long enough to make it that far, but that was it. Charlie tapped on the glass and she raised her head. Her face was streaked with tears. This was a sight that deeply disturbed him. He almost lost it himself. The power window came down quickly. It doesn't have to be this way, Maria. They'll terrorize Cuidad Norte and San Miguel, Charlie. I have to, she said. She looked at him with her tear-stained cheeks and tear-filled eyes. The expression on her face was doubtful, to say the least. She then glanced at the watch on her wrist, squinting to see the time in the dark. When she did, she leaned forward, and a gold chain Charlie had previously noticed around her neck was no longer clinging and dangled freely in front of her. At the end was a turquoise stone. Charlie pretended not to notice. I thought we would have time for me to pull around the corner so that we could chat and make sure that no one had followed me. 
I really have to go though now. We're out of time. I've got to go, Charlie. I don't want them to know I've been out. Charlie backed away from the van so she could leave. The entire time they'd been talking, her foot had been on the brake. She let it off and the van began to roll, but only to stop quickly. Oh, be careful. The power window came down quickly. Just because you caught someone tailing you doesn't mean they're going to stop, said Maria. She powered up the window, let off the brake again, and hurriedly sped off down the street. Content that he hadn't lost her yet, anyway, it was time to turn to the more immediate needs of getting back into their rooms and seeing to Carlos's head wound. It took some doing, but after some quick talking on Carlos' part to the desk clerk, a young teen that was much more concerned about the fact he hadn't been at the main desk when someone approached, they were able to get a duplicate key with the promise of returning it with verification of their identity. Sounded fair. After all, he was just doing his job. Once back upstairs, both of them settled into Charlie's room. As promised, Charlie returned the duplicates and verified his ID. The nervous young man didn't notice that the duplicate to Carlos' room was slyly not returned. They didn't have the original. The squirrel did. The gash on Carlos' head was no longer expelling any fluid. Not letting him sleep was important, so he was going to have to stay up with him. Just as well, really. He probably wouldn't have been able to sleep anyway. A quick shower gave him time to revive himself and try to clear his head so he could think. Funny, with all the things that he'd done in his life, all the accomplishments, it had all led to this. Facing decisions took an entirely new meaning to him now. In the past, it was easy. Charlie simply did what Charlie wanted. Relationships, his law practice, his money, whatever. Charlie really looked out for Charlie. This didn't mean he was selfish. After all, there was the library in Mexico and, of course, the book. Both had been hassles, but he had soldiered through and the results benefited others. This pleased him. When these things crossed his mind, the decision became apparent as what he was going to do. He couldn't allow this to happen to Maria. It was time to take a stand. Take a stand not for Charlie, though, but for the woman who was quickly becoming his other half. This isn't selfish, he rationalized out loud. This is right. And it was. Thank you for listening. Join us next time as we continue with Things That Charlie Did. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.